Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Because it just impacts everything. Like everything you're saying, it just, yeah. it all, it, like it's linked to it all. Yeah. Because we are these feeling beings. We yeah. are having a felt experience. Hello and welcome to the Manzilla Podcast. I'm Gavin and it's a pleasure to be with you today. Thanks so much for joining us on today's show. I am really buzzing for this episode today. We have got an absolutely fantastic guest. Um, I say that every show, don't I? But this one genuinely is incredible. Um, Rick William. His name is Rick William. He's a really, really interesting bloke. He helps men uh, empower themselves and get better as people through healing their trauma. Really interesting concept. Men having trauma and addressing their trauma and dealing with issues that are often buried below in their psyche and not addressed in time to, you know, stop mental health problems that come up through this trauma. This episode is really, really interesting because it's all about dealing with that trauma, breaking down those barriers, getting in touch with those emotions and finding your purpose. He uses a lot of methods that involve um, holistic therapies and breathing and lots of other spiritual awakening kinds of aspects which help guys tap into their inner psyche and realize them best their best selves yeah we spoke about all sorts of really really cool things and really really interesting things using a heart-centered approach which is a novel concept in many ways i think but also um a kind of guiding way to live your life it's really interesting to hear his thoughts on that and how to learn and unlearn as well unlearning is an extremely powerful and interesting thing to get your head around you know there are lots of bad habits that we all exhibit um men and women but particularly us guys and i think we get stuck in an ego trap don't we we talk about all that too um and we talk about how to effectively find your power through all those healing processes. Uh, for Manzilla, you can subscribe as well. We'd love you to subscribe if you can. Um, it's uh, at Manzilla online on all the social channels and obviously on whatever podcast provider you're listening to this on. Hit that subscribe button and write a comment as well if you can. We'd love that. And also give us five stars. Um, so yes, thanks very much indeed for listening and I hope you enjoy this episode. Myself, Gavin, talking to Rick William. 
I guess for anyone listening, I, I found myself in a position in my early 20s where I was, you know, I was success, you know, quote unquote successful. You know, I had money, I had a, a business and a team. I had a, you know, a penthouse and M3 BMW. Oh, wow. You know, like I, <laughs> I, ticked, I ticked all of the, you know, societal boxes. And I found myself in a place where it just didn't, it just didn't feel right. There was just something in me. I was like, ah, this doesn't feel like it's it. This doesn't feel like this is really my life. And, and if it is my life, which it was, there's something, there's something else that I had to, that I had to discover and explore. And, and that led, led to a lot of personal self-inquiry and yeah, through, through that process, which has been ever unfolding and still is unfolding today. I, discovered that um, at the root of what was holding me back in life was some of my um, essentially personal traumas from from my early formative experiences yeah and in unlocking those and and essentially unblocking them and healing them I was able to come into more fullness in my life um, in my work and in my relationships and then through that process I begin then sharing sharing that with with others and, and helping specifically other men, yeah. um, leading men normally um, with that uh, with that same process. And what's this kind of like um, the sort of journey you see guys coming to you with and, you know, what, what's the kind of the thing you notice straight away and, and the thing that they find hardest to deal with when it comes to their traumas and their issues? Mm. So I think the issue that I see the most in men is that we have or many men have not learned how to feel um, their experience. And at the, the core root of our existence is, is felt. And we can pull actually, interestingly, when it, when it comes to purpose and meaning, which I think a lot of men long for, like we really want to step into that role of, of, of leadership in our lives. Yeah, and we really yeah. want to, we really feel that calling to show up. And I think that's within our, within our nature as men and often why we so relate to hero stories yeah, um, yeah and overcoming obstacles and, and, and fears right yeah completely um so we can we can first de deconstruct like what is what is a, a purposeful life like what what does that word mean and i think the japanese have outlaid it quite well with ikagai um and if we if we deconstruct that word ikai means daily living and the guy the guy means um means with with purpose um and so it's like yeah it's it's basically the the daily living of uh, a purposeful and meaningful life and what's interesting in western culture is we kind of took that meaning and and there was a guy called mark Wynn who wrote a a really famous blog post which kind of popularized ikagai in the west yeah um and it was like a venn diagram i don't know if you've seen it it's like what you you know what you do what you're good at uh you know what you'll make money for and what society okay. needs i've heard of it yeah um, i've heard of it i've not seen it but i know what you're talking about yeah right right yeah um, if you google if you if you google it it's it's like it's all over the place but but really the the foundation of that work was kind of taken out like we we kind of misconstrued stuff in, in the west quite a lot right yeah um and he was literally just writing a blog post and he based his his uh venn diagram off a, a german engineer who basically didn't name his um diagram so this guy mark was just writing an article just for fun 
didn't expect it to blow up. And he just put the word Ikagai in it because it wasn't named. Yeah. <laughs> um, but really the, the, the foundation of um, that Japanese principle and philosophy was, was, was researched heavily um, by a lady, Mikai Kamiya. Oh, okay. she's, a, she's a psychologist and researcher um, on, on, on purpose in, in, on Ikagai. And she worked with um, people with um, leprosy and, and who would basically become outcasts in, in their life. And she did this work for a long time. And she also discovered that at the core of Ikagai or the core of purpose was feeling. It's a, it's a felt experience. And yeah. it's almost self-evident when, like, when, when I heard that and, and from other work that I've done, it's like, it's, it's evident that our, our experience is felt. So as men, to answer your question, the main barrier that I first see is that we have often been conditioned out of feeling. And, and our feeling, our felt senses of reality, of ourselves, of who we truly are, of what's meaningful to us, if we can't really feel the full spectrum of our own emotions, how then are we going to be able to navigate towards a, a purposeful and meaningful life? So that is often the first barrier that I see and have to overcome because of cultural, societal, you know, transgenerational trauma that is essentially, um, that is essentially exists within us as men so that's often the first barrier that's very interesting man i think it's, it's the idea of the purpose and like kind of finding that that, that way as you say it's um yeah it's it, it, i find it's 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 easy to say it's easy to like verbalize and then you know when you get down to the nitty-gritty of it it's, it's difficult for for i think for a lot of guys to actually find what that is and do you think it's easy to do that how, how would you sort of um get someone to kind of channel that inner purpose that they that they have Mm. Well, ironically, the process of it is uh, the process that I work with is is the opposite of what you'd assume. So we don't go straight to like, what's your purpose? Right. That's something that unfolds. But what we first go to is learning how to feel, learning how to navigate our own bodies, our own nervous systems. And often that means confronting that which we are most scared of. And there's a really famous and popular Joseph Campbell quote which is uh, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. Yeah. And I think that's true because like in, in my own experience, it was my trauma or my experiences, which were traumatic to me emotionally, yeah. which then prevented me from actually being able to truly feel my experience. And the reason that this, this becomes a block, if you imagine it, like if you internalize something about yourself, from an experience at a, at a formative age or an early age or any age. Yeah. And you formulate a belief or a story around yourself that then formulates behaviors and it formulates a feeling. Mm. And then you internalize all of that. And then that becomes your principle of how you're navigating in life. Yeah. And that is essentially the block because a lot of us don't move into purposeful, meaningful work because we don't feel we're worthy of it, or we don't feel like we're lovable, or we don't feel like we're able to speak up and share our voice, and yeah. share what matters to us, because, you know, it might not have been safe for us to do that. Like, that's the truth of it. It, it, it often wasn't safe to share your voice. It often wasn't sp safe to speak up. It often wasn't safe to feel your emotions or your, or your own experience, because you might have been bullied, or you might have been told by your father or other men that it wasn't, it wasn't a manly thing to do. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah so it's like the, the trauma is the root in and and by healing that by healing those wounds and creating the the space the self-love the self-compassion yeah we're then able to begin to feel again and then from that space of feeling then we can begin to uncover like how is it you actually want to feel yeah it's fascinating i, I really do um hear what you're saying about the internalization of it all and and how um, you know a certain generation of guys have been brought up on this idea of not being able to express these emotions and not being able to express you know what it is that's been hurting them from a long time. And it's I think it's fascinating to how to, to you know to open that barrier up. And I've seen it with a lot of people. You know, I'm I'm from like a, a background that's quite um, working class, and it's you know it's very um, you know I've been ingrained in a lot, of, a lot of sports when I've been when I've been younger. I still play a lot of sports now, and I think. Back in those times and those days, I remember like it was always very, you know, you weren't manly if you were talking about feelings, you know, mm. and that definition of being manly, like it was always about, you know, being a cave, like a caveman type, a, you know, alpha man, you know, a guy who sort of, um, you know, is, is, a, is a leader and, and is like, you know, kind of somebody that everybody is sort of scared of in a way. And it's just, it's a very outdated stereotype. And I think that, you know, that the idea of internalizing, you know, these kinds of feelings where we become better and, and grow as humans is, um, is something that I just think is, is, is repressed in us, in us men. Do you find that repression is, um, is something you come across from a lot of people? And, and, and what do you see as their transition from being, you know, maybe closed off to, for, you to, to, for you to begin with? Yeah, man. And just to, just to touch, I think you've, you've illustrated such a good point there in terms of these strong men you know, characters, which we've grown up in. And, and, and I don't by any means want to put that in a, in, a, in, a, in a place or a position where it's bad or it's wrong. Yeah. Because I don't think it is. I think it makes perfect sense. Like, like based on our history, based on our fathers, our grandfathers, like just for a moment, imagine like us both as beings today. Like we have a mother and a father. They yeah. had a mother and a father. And it goes way, way back. Like as far back as time goes. Yeah. And they've all been through different experiences, which are passed down through our genetics. But those stories are also passed down, yeah. you know, through, through the lineages until it arrives at your experience today. So it's not that we're just carrying our own experience. It's that we're actually carrying the experience of our ancestors and our culture. Mm. And that culture had to go through extreme pain. Like there was the Great Depression, there's World War One, World War Two. And yeah. then everything before that. So men did essentially have to, as a protective mechanism, shut down from their emotions. Because if you go to war and you see your brother die, mm -hmm. or you see your friend die, or you see your partner die, you see a child die, or you've got to kill someone yourself, you've then got to come back and integrate into society. And that, that society didn't have the um, emotional capacity or um, mm. I guess intelligence in terms of healing at that time to be able to facilitate the space for those men to process that experience. Hence why many soldiers come back and unfortunately experience post-traumatic stress disorder or you know, any of the varying degrees of, of emotional trauma that comes from such an experience. So we've all came from that. So this archetype isn't bad, it's not wrong, Yeah. but it might not be serving you or it might not be serving me or anyone listening today if we're wanting to begin to embody a fuller life and to essentially heal that part of us which has come from war and pain and suffering. I 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Um, one of the things that you've uh, spoken about in terms of, you know, your, your, your social profile and a lot of the way that you approach, you know, your work is having like a heart-centered approach to life. And I found that really interesting um, because it's often not really considered as a, as a guy to lead with your heart. Maybe I think it's more of a head and logical approach. I think, I don't know if I've got maybe some of that um, kind of twisted or not, but I do, I think that a lot of, a lot of men wouldn't necessarily operate from a heart centered approach to begin with. But I do think with your, the way you, the way you talk about it, um, it's fascinating to think about how a heart centered approach to life can, can really make us better as human beings and really make us feel kind of more, uh, empowered and, and positive in our in our outlook so how mm. how do you sort of operate on that basis what would you say to anyone who isn't doesn't really know what a heart-centered approach to life might be mm. that's a great question um thanks man i think it's i've never heard that approach before on on in terms of like a kind of therapy kind of based coaching sort of based healing based sort of platform. And I think you, I think you're, you're the first person I've seen that's talked about it from a guy's point of view. So it's really amazing. And it's really interesting and it's breaking new ground, which is what I'm really passionate about. So I think it's, it's good that you've, you've opened that up, man. No, no, thank you, man. So I think, I think for me, I'll speak from my personal experience when I imagine a great leader and that might be like an archetypical leader, whether it be a King or a warrior. Yeah. And, and we can, we can think of our, maybe your favorite movies, and, and, and to me, they all still carry great heart. Like if I think of a great king or a great warrior uh, or a great magician or a great shaman or whatever it might be, yeah, yeah. Like, like I see that being led with a great heart and I, and I see that as a, as a masculine quality. Um, I think it's the shadow king or the shadow warrior who's leading from his head. And, and we could imagine stories from myths, whether it be Game of Thrones or Harry Potter or yeah, yeah. Lord, of, Lord of the Rings. And we see that, like we recognize it. Yeah. So I think for me, it's just been cultivating that, that kind of, that heart within myself. And I see that as a strength, like it's a genu- genuine belief of mine that leading from your heart is, is a, it, it takes strength and it takes courage. Mm. Um, and then I guess it's like, 
I always admire people who are doing things that are a little bit scary or like a little bit beyond their own comfort zone. Cause that, that often takes courage. Right. And I think yeah. courage and strength are almost one and of the same. So like I see leading with heart as being something that is, that is both strong and it is masculine um, as well as it is feminine, you know, yeah. but um, to go into your, your own emotions and to lead with your heart takes, takes courage. So I think it's just something that has, kind of naturally infused into my work from having also had many heart-centered coaches and you know mentors that that I've looked up to who have inspired me yeah and is that how they approached you when you when when you sort of like um were, were learning that is it something that they professed onto you as well to, to to lead with that I'm not sure they professed it in a way I just saw I just saw it in them and, and yeah. there's this idea that there's there's an energy called mana yeah mana and and I think I just saw that in them and then naturally kind of admired that quality and begin, began to cultivate it in myself. And I think what we see in others is also has to be a reflection of ourselves. Like we cannot see something we have not had some type of internal experience with. Yeah. So I also recognize that, oh, if I see that in you, it must also be something that exists within me. And then how can I begin to cultivate that? What practices can I do that allow me to cultivate you know my own heart in 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 my work in my relationships etc learning and unlearning uh, when it comes mm. to the way that we um approach life the way that we approach uh, our thinking and i know this is another thing you've been uh, quite vocal on um how powerful is this would you say do you think that um the ability to unlearn is is just as powerful or if not more powerful perhaps than learning both have been well i think when i've when i've ever actually learned something yeah it's normally been a shock to my system which yeah. which requires the unlearning yeah <laughs> um and i think the unlearning of something can actually be more challenging than actually learning something new and it's almost like i don't even know if those two things are separate because when you're really learning something you're you're often undoing something that you thought of before um but again i think it still comes back to this place of of like our own ability to navigate ourselves emotionally because to unlearn something you have to be willing to essentially surrender and i think that's why many great teachers talk about the art of surrender yeah and it is that ability to like let go and admit when you are when you are wrong or you've made a mistake and, and that requires again a level of courage to be like actually i was mistaken here like i made a mistake and then having the level of self-compassion and self-love to be able to navigate that within yourself because if that self-love and self-compassion isn't there and you know one's ego or my ego is fragile then i just go into defense mechanism and lock down so that I can no longer learn. I'm just rigid yeah. in, in, in my fixed position. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's why I think this whole thing is, inter is interlinked. And that's why I'm so passionate about emotional fitness. Like I used to be yeah. big into the actual fitness industry yeah. and, and I still love keeping physically fit. But what's really interesting to me now is emotional fitness. And like that's that's something I'm always wanting to cultivate because it just impacts everything. Like everything you're saying, it just yeah. it all it, like it's linked to it all. Yeah. Because we are these feeling beings. We yeah. are having a felt experience. 
and whether that's unlearning or learning or whether that's living a life of purpose whether that's having connection with your partner or your friends like it's all based on your ability to have a relationship with your with yourself yeah no i love that seriously emotional fitness and and um one thing i'm quite passionate about is mental fitness about you know the idea of you know, keeping your, your head strong when your mm-hmm. body might be, you know, also strong as well. It's about keeping everything in check, you know, that balance of, of all that. Um, and you mentioned just about ego then, you know, ego when it comes to kind of like getting through these, these issues and getting through kind of like trauma and getting, th- getting you know, uh, past hurdles in, in life. Do you think ego is, um, is ego one of the biggest problems when it comes to men's and men's mental health problems? Well, no, I'm like, I think, I think our, our ego is effectively navigating our system and it's, it's always just trying to keep us safe. And I think that's such a, that's such an interesting thing that it's always doing that. It always just wants to protect us. It always wants to keep it, keep us safe. So it's always doing its job. Yeah. And then when, when anything is threatening that, that's when the ego defenses come up because it feels like unfamiliar territory. Yeah. That, that can create that, that kind of rigid block. And again, this is why I, like, I love mental fitness, but the, the mind is effectively ran by our subconscious. And let's mm-hmm. say our, our, our body is effectively our subconscious mind. So a lot of the leaders in today in the mental health space, like Bessel van der Kolk, Peter Levine, mm-hmm. um, Stephen Porges and others, like the whole idea is that you feel it to heal it and that the body keeps the score. And at a scientific level, the reason what they figured out basically is that there are 80% afferent fibers, which run from the body to the brain. And there are 20% that run from the brain to the body. So effectively your, your body and your nervous system is determining your experience. So anything that comes to threaten that the mind then recognizes the threat and then stops that forward momentum, which might be, to you know, up level in your sport or up level in your business or to have a deeper connection in your relationships. And that, that, that response is coming from the body and that's where the trauma is held. Like that's what they're discovering now in our, um, our kind of leaders in mental health. But if we go back to like the yogis or you know, the South American shamans and curanderos, like they've known this forever. Yeah. <laughs> this, is not, this is not new information and you know, just think like the the yogi practice is you know that they, in terms of the the methodology or the 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 order upon which they actually even got to meditation was first by doing the asanas, yeah. And then you would then you would do right action in the in the world, and then you would start mindfulness, and then you would start contemplation. Um, and I've missed out some of the steps there, but but roughly you can see that they were getting the body on board first, they were getting your experience on board, and then they were getting the mind on board after that. Going back into that, that idea of that trauma and how it's released and how men can heal effectively. Um, is it easy for men to release that trauma from your experiences? How do you, how do you assess that? Um, it's a process and it's different for everyone. Yeah. Um, do they even know they might have it sometimes? Do, do you think that they um, maybe in denial or? Oh, I think, yeah, well, in, in, in the trauma recovery process, denial is the first part of it. Yeah. Um, and first it's, it's recognizing it. And I think the way that we begin to recognize it, but for anyone listening is that 
you, there's certain things that you can look for in your life that might signal that, that, that there might be some truth in this and it might be a, of an area of exploration. And it could be as simple as like, you know, having a fear of speaking in groups. It might be, you know, not feeling like you can up-level your business and that you're not, you know, that you're not able to, to bring in more money into your life and more resources. It might be that your life isn't feeling meaningful. It might be that you have addictions, whether that be, you know, you know, larger addictions right, to, to drugs, or it might be something smaller, um, but no less impactful. May I say to, it might be to food or to smoking or to vaping. Um, it could be, you know, it could be you're losing your temper sometimes and you don't know why, like you're, you're lashing out at your, your friends or your workmates. Or you're kind of acting what seems like not like yourself. Mm. Um, and, and that's what often people say, maybe you're losing your temper and, but th these are some of the, the, the lived, the, the, I guess the lived symptoms that might be pointing that there's something deeper going on that might be from your own childhood, your own experience or, and, or, and from, um, family history. Where can people sort of like learn a bit more about, you know, what you're up to in the future and um, what, where your current work is at now? Because um, you've got a lot of uh, platforms and uh, your YouTube channel is fantastic, uh, as is your Instagram. So, um, yeah, where can people find out more about you? Yeah, no, that's, that's great. So, yeah, if, if, if this is resonating with you, our conversation, um, I would love to connect with anyone. Um, the best platform for me is Instagram. Um, I'm most active on there. I do also have a U YouTube channel. Um, my Instagram handle is at I am Rick William. And yeah, I would love to hear if there's any of this episode that has, has resonated for you. Feel free to drop into my DMs. I'll do my best to, to get back to you. And yeah, it'd be great to, to connect and, and hear other people's stories. Boom. There we are. I hope you loved that episode. Uh, Rick, absolutely fantastic to speak to you, my man. Um, and that was a lovely episode. I really enjoyed that one. Just breaking down those, those novel concepts as guys that we often... Um, struggle to deal with and often don't like to talk about you know I think getting in touch with our emotions developing that emotional fitness that emotional awareness and that effectively a spiritual awakening is the key I believe to living a healthier happier lifestyle all around I would love to know your thoughts let me know in the comments in the podcast section um, wherever you're listening to this from or if you're watching on social media then hit us up in the comments on the at manzilla pages please do subscribe as well all the usual places you can do that on the podcast platforms um, and leave us a good review as well that would be wonderful you can find me on at gavin R. official uh, on all the social platforms as well and yeah i look forward to hearing from you and what you think about this episode this has been the manzilla podcast have a fantastic and lovely day mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.